You're listening to All Ears with Somewhere Soul. Welcome to episode 18 of the All Ears podcast. This is Josh Mason and today I'll be speaking with singer-songwriter Bryony Jarman Pinto. Throughout the course of the episode we'll be talking about her recent album Cage and Avery, using the voice as an instrument, creative process and lots more. Bryony. Hello. <laughs> thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. No, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So how are you? I'm good, yeah. Uh, excited to be in this lovely, lovely studio. It's very, yeah, we've got the tea tree oils. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very it's relaxing in here. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how most of the podcasts start off with a guest being like, very relaxed in here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, um, I just noticed early actually, when I was um, just like reading up on what you've been up to, um, your show with women in jazz at yeah. Ronnie Scott's. I saw it as a supper club. Yeah. And I was just like, that's so cool. It is quite cool. It was a bit out of the blue as well. Um, just got a lovely email from Lou being like, would you, would you like to do this? Um, and she mentioned some of the amazing artists who've also done it. I was like, oh my, yes, 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 I do. Um, and it's just, it's like just before a show I'm doing at NT's bar as well. Um, but luckily, you know, it's members only. Yeah. <laughs> it's got so it doesn't infringe, and I and I could do it, which was really good. That's but it's cool. very exciting, and it's one of those things that, um, weirdly, actually, my mum's really excited about it because obviously, for her, back in the day, Ronnie Scotts was just like, Ronnie yeah. Scotts, and um, it still is that. But for her, she's really excited. So I was like, yes, I'll get you a guest ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cool. I've never heard of um, the supper club thing there before. Nor have I really. Well, not not properly because it's you know you need to be a member to go. So it's yeah. that sort of um, you know, I don't think it's easy to get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's such a nice. I was. It made me think. Is like the sort of experiential side of music something that's like untapped or is going to like grow mm. more? I was thinking this whilst eating a pizza at Pizza Express Live <laughs> the other night, and I was like, this should happen more. Yeah. Often food and music, food and live music is... I think is, it's quite common, isn't it, in, um, you know, jazz bars. Mm. You know, that is usually how it goes. I mean, like, one of the first gigs I did was um, at Zeffirelli's up in Ambleside, which is the say it's pizza, yummy, yeah, yeah. yummy pizza, um, and, you know, performing your jazz set to it. So I think, but it's, you know, I, I don't know if it really goes that far outside of, you know, jazz, mm. traditional jazz um yeah, so it'd be cool if it was something that was more common, I think, especially for performing original stuff and, and being able to be like really experimental as the artist and like performing to a crowd that obviously when somebody's like eating and s- sat down and they're much more focused on what you're doing. Mm. Um, not saying that in any other gig they're not, but I think it's a completely different vibe. So I think it's yeah, it shuts people up. In yeah, a way. yeah, it does. <laughs> it you know, it does. Talking. And also because it is this culture of like you are here to listen to the music. You know, there is this real strong respect for the artist as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get onto your um, album in a bit, but before that, um, I'm very excited to talk about the album. But before <laughs> that, I just wanted to talk about your um, sort of like early relationship with music. What sort of your early influences and when you first started playing and singing and things like that really yeah um well I guess that's quite a long one because 
music's always been there in the sense that my mum's a musician, my dad's a musician. Um, and so I very much grew up around, you know, my mum giving singing lessons, singing workshops, being part of jam sessions and going off to courses that she was leading and just being very like, you know, it was very normal and natural to be surrounded by live music, um, you know, all the way through my childhood. And then coming to Cumbria, the friends I was with were all <laughs> very musical, which was quite nice. And being involved with music clubs, it was just very like, I was just surrounded by it really. Um, and I think, you know, I tried a million different instruments. I have played <laughs> played the bass, which I still try and play, cello, which I still try and play. <laughs> um, I tried the trumpet for a while, tried the drums, you know, flute. I've been bringing that a bit back, and I'm still very much like battling at the piano. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that, weirdly, the thing that really I just the voice is what I have stuck with and have put the dedication into. Um, so when it comes to songwriting and that sort of thing, I, I write with keys and, and with the guitar. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that came from when I was young with my friends, we'd get the guitars out, we'd try and create a band. And that's where my sort of like songwriting started. Um, and then was brought back with Tom Lear as well. And what sort of things were you writing about or playing at the time when your first sort of early band days? Mm. I think they've always been very personal, you know. Um, when it was me and my friends writing together, well, the first song we wrote was actually a blues. <laughs> um, and it wasn't really personal at all because we were taking influence from those, you know, sad, yeah. very dramatic blues songs. Uh, You've taken all my money, <laughs> the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then later, you know, they do become much more personal. Um, and just sort of focused around how I'm feeling at that point. But I think, I, you know, I started off listening to um, Eagle Eye Cherry, also you know, Johnny Flynn. I was really listening to those uh, sort of, those artists who were on the edge of folk, I guess. Um, and also I was surrounded by a lot of indie as well. That was like really, really there. And <laughs> yeah. I was like 15, 16. Um, and also, you know, there's loads of jazz just from being around my mum being at home. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, um, I had quite, the influences that, that I had were very much that sort of songwriter, you know, voice and guitar, and then slowly started to sort of listen to other things that were coming up that people were mentioning. Like it was really only until I got to university that I started to explore other other forms of music like um ooh, like Erica Badu and stuff. Obviously I'd heard of her, but it wasn't mm. until then that I was really like, actually I'm gonna listen to her voice and really hear what she's doing. Like, you know, it's a difference of just listening to somebody and then listening to somebody for influence. Mm -hmm. you know? So what were you studying music at university? No, no, no. I was studying painting and printmaking. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is completely So always create always creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, um my sister and I were like we were both very creative and since we were young, we seemed to just have it into our heads that she was music and I was art and we both followed those paths pretty diligently. <laughs> mm. She went to become a composer and I went off to become an artist um 
but then I changed my mind. <laughs> Whereas she is still very much on that path. <laughs> she's still doing music as well. Yeah, she's a very strong composer. Oh, wow, that's so nice. And do you feel that your education in terms of your art and, do you say arts and print? Yeah. Yeah, arts and print. Do you feel that's like bled into your music and the way you create at all? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think, I must say when I'm thinking... Not so much when I'm writing, but especially in terms of thinking about the album and when people have been asking me to speak about my writing process and, and you know, what the songs mean. I have noticed a lot that I'm using the same language that I used to talk about my art practice in terms of painting, such as, like, layering narratives and that sort of thing. So I think that's definitely, you know, those two things are there and they complement each other. But I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily on purpose. I think that's just how my creativity comes, whether it's through painting or printmaking or, you know, writing songs. Mm. So at what point did you, you said you changed your mind. <laughs> what, uh, what point did that happen? Was it like a sort of penny drop moment, a light bulb moment, or was it sort of gradu- a gradual process where you moved sort of more towards uh, Definitely gradual process. And almost, not so much reluctant, but unbelieving if that makes any sense I wouldn't have said that I would be doing this you know six years ago um because you know I was working with Tom Lear aka worker (laughs) um doing writing songs making music just having fun it was really like hobby wise because obviously we were friends when we were younger um and so it was just a continuation on very easy and and there wasn't really any pressure around it. And then it started to become something that was picking up and and other people were becoming interested. And I was like, well, is this something I want to make a go of? Um, so it was a really slow, gradual, you know, I was going to go off and be a wardrobe assistant. You know, I, I wanted to go do textiles for a while after uni. <laughs> um, but then eventually, like, I, I, I was like, no, actually, I'm really enjoying music. I was doing a lot more community music um sessions um which I really love and that's still what I do as my day job um and I was like no this is this is what I want to do actually I'm gonna make it a career choice um and not just float along while everybody else tells me that yeah this might be a good idea for you Mm. (laughs) and when you did decide that Mm. um what sort of changed for you did you sort of start working really hard at it or yeah how proactive were you with well, you're like, right, I've got to do this now. Yeah, I think I, I I had to change my mentality towards it because previously I had just been, you know, my voice was my voice and that's what I did with it and that's how I use it and, you know, if you like it, you like it and that's cool. Whereas now I very much have to really think about the longevity of it and make sure that I am... I am doing it right, you know. I'm, I'm following those steps to keep my voice healthy and and also to like really explore all the different things that I can do with it. I'm really excited by that at the minute, not just singing how I sing, but also finding out all the different sounds that I can make um, and being more brave in that sense. But also I think I had to be a lot more, you know, I had to decide to have more of an understanding about the industry that I'm trying to go into because you can't just go in naively and just assume it's all going to happen mm. and all be okay um and I think I was quite lucky in the sense that I have had lots of really supportive people guiding me through and making things very clear and 
and um, not too difficult. Um, but also it's my responsibility to make sure I'm guiding myself as well and, and having that understanding there too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you your debut, it's your debut album, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, the first one. Your debut <laughs> album um, came out on... Actually, it came out in August. Okay, cool. So, and it's called Cage and Avery or Avery and Cage? Cage and Avery. Cage and Avery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely love the album. Um, up there, my favourite releases. Thanks. Of, of the year. What's it like um, deciding to create an album? What what sort of process is that? Because um, I feel like with, certainly with the way with like streaming now, it can be very easy to be like, oh, we'll put a single out or we'll put an EP out there Mm. what's the sort of train of thought to be like I'm going to produce an album well I think for me it started out as this idea of just let's get you know let's get a lump of songs let's let's see what we can create let's make as many and you know and and it wasn't really until halfway through that I started to try and like form this album as you know as a as a concept of things you know it's it's not a concept album it's very much each song comes in its individual package um but eventually you start to notice that actually there is this overarching um emotion that's behind the whole thing uh so i think i like i was saying before you sort of you sort of uh don't necessarily know what you're doing at the beginning and then eventually you get to the point where you're like okay Maybe I do get it now, maybe. But maybe I'll feel like that on the next album. Maybe mm. like, ah, no, I know what I'm doing now. Whereas, That's uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, with this one, it feels, it just feels like a, it was just a big emotional ride of, okay, wow, this is how you do an album. Yeah. <laughs> and how, how long was the, how long did the whole process oh it was a long like three years probably a bit more it was but that's because it was such a learning curve coming from you know writing music that was you know here or there just a song there because I feel like it to actually writing something with a purpose to be produced to be released to become something that is an expression of myself (laughs) um yeah so it took a while to get to that point um of having the full thing ready to go, yeah. And are you quite a meticulous worker? Were you, are you the type of artist who sort of revisits things? Yeah, I lot? think I am. Um, when it comes to voice, vocally, I, I, you know, I'd sit there going like thirteen stems deep and be like, I've got to do even more. <laughs> um, uh, whereas I'd say, actually, you know, on the other side of things, looking at the album instrumentally. Um, Tom Lear that was we we sort of it split 50-50 in the sense that um, we co-wrote and I was doing it's not exactly that way there were some songs that I brought him and some songs that he brought me but um, we did spend a lot of time he was doing instrumental I was doing vocal Um, so then he'd come and be like oh what do you think of what I've done here with this instrument you know this bit this line and I'm like oh Oh yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out to me because you know I just wasn't there. I was listening to the voice, especially at the beginning. And as we went through, I was like, "No, you need to listen to the whole overarching thing." Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because you use your voice as an instrument. Yeah. Quite consistently across the um, across the album. Why do you think that is? Um, I was going to say it's not something you hear a lot of. I think 
if you know where to go, maybe you do hear more of it. Maybe you'll say that's wrong, but I don't hear a lot of it. Mm. I found it really refreshing to hear that. Um, do you think maybe technology sort of can take away sometimes from people realising that you can do so much with like your voice and instruments you have within you? Yeah, I I think it's um, I think it has a bit of you know what necessarily comes naturally. What is your um, what is your background when it comes to using your voice? Because obviously, I come from a background of improvisation. That's basically how I learned to sing. It's how I learned to write songs just through improvising and seeing where it all goes. And so, I think that's what's coming across in the album. Um, but also, I think you're right in touching on the fact that a lot of the time when people are recording with their voice, it's it's this idea to be meticulously accurate, um, not just, you know, in pitch. <laughs> you know, obviously that's yeah. a great thing to be. Um, but like, you know, in terms of the quality of sound that you're creating to the point where people will then digitalize it in some magic way that I don't really understand, mm. um, which just creates a completely different essence to the voice. Um, and it's not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing, but it does... I think take away um, the playfulness that you get when you are just hearing a, vo- a raw voice that is obviously it's never raw, but <laughs> you know a voice that hasn't been manipulated um, using some of the technology that we have now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's to do with style and and what the singer wants to do. Um, sometimes for some people they just want to focus on the lyrics and telling the story through the lyrics um which i think is really great and i do that too but i also i also like to explore the sounds and the melodies that i can create with my voice mm. yeah i find it super i find it so um like engaging i think that's why for me i gravitate more towards music where you can hear there's people playing instruments when i know there's a person behind the instruments that are being played that yeah. I, i'm somewhat sort of locked in engaged to that than sort of produced yeah. tracks and stuff and i found that with even more so with you using your voice as an instrument it's i don't know there's like a really lovely rawness well you get a it. few more anomalies don't you <laughs> you get a few more things that like wouldn't necessarily happen because a computer wouldn't allow it to happen mm. um it's the same with listening to music live that's why it's so much more enjoyable because you get a one-off experience and um you know when you're listening to an album it's lovely to be able to recognize everything within it, especially if you listen to it over and over again, like I have with Kate Nery. Um, but it's also really important to be able to hear the humanity behind the voice or the instrument that um, you're listening to. Mm. You just said you'd listened to it a million times. Have you listened <laughs> since it was released? Do you, can, um, you, can you enjoy it? Like, <laughs> I I want to say yes, but the answer is no. The answer is no. <laughs> um, I find it very difficult to listen through. Um, But I have, obviously, with family and friends, you know, we've put it on and I've sort of cringed in the background being like, oh, I wish I could do that different. um, (laughs) But I also, you know, I I get a lot of joy out of hearing other people's reactions to it. Um, And you never know, maybe in a year's time, maybe when I'm... When the next album is out, I can listen back to this one and really enjoy it, and yeah, it'll just yeah. be that album that I can't listen to for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of, I sort of thought it's like um, sending your kids off to like uni, like you sort of like nurture <laughs> this like thing that's very close to you, and then it gets to the point where the album's coming out, and you just have to sort of see it off and be like, well, what will be? Yeah, will be now that's. <laughs> yeah, I think you know I did get to that point where 
I, I've noticed within myself, actually, I do it quite a lot. I did it with paintings. I did it with essays. I do it with anything that sort of has a deadline or has a finishing point. I sort of have to take a step back and just be like, and that I just can't do anything else now. That's it. That's just that's done and it's going to go and I'm just not going to think about it for a while. And I'm sure lots of people have to do that too. But otherwise, I'll just keep coming back and keep coming back. And yeah. And do you allow yourself a sort of like a, a breather if you've been like relaxing a bit or is it music sort of nonstop no, for you? Um, I guess relaxing in the sense of, you know, I... I've, I've taken a break from writing, though I've already, I'm sort of coming back to it now. I'm getting more like, okay, I'm ready to do this again, you know. Um, and I keep sort of saying to people and other, you know, to myself, to friends, to, you know, interviewers, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm I'm ready for the next hour. I'm ready to start writing to get myself back into that thing. I'm like, yes, it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I guess there's a break in, in that sense, but also not really because I'm trying to like, push more what I can do music wise so I'm doing a lot of practicing um of the instruments that I hopefully will one day be fluent in playing what's um like if you had to do a sort of like leaderboard in terms of the instrument you're closest to oh, like you what you're making the most headway with you know? <laughs> so I guess I guess flute right now is just really enjoyable to play um I'm really really enjoying that but um piano is what I really need to focus on so I keep having to sort of like be like, oh, flute time. No, piano time. <laughs> I've been there myself as well. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I think it's, uh, I'm still at that point where it's very difficult. Once I get over the difficult part and I can just enjoy practicing, yeah. then it'll be great. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the themes that you explore across the album, mm. um, in terms of the like, narratives, the lyrics, what sort of topics and themes do you, do you touch on? Um, I guess it's a, a mix of things, really, but they do sort of all come back to um, family. You know, a lot, a lot of what I'm talking about is, you know, the love I have for my family and also um, the relationships that I've been in um, and, you know, still am in. <laughs> uh, and then also it does go wider uh, out towards the environment. That does come up quite a lot. But I think that comes up more because... I use the environment and nature quite metaphorically within my lyrics and and through that you you do end up talking about the the bigger issues that are happening right now um and yeah I guess I've also touched along other political issues that are happening at the minute particularly to do with like um immigration and some of the I don't know, some of the things that we're experiencing in the UK, um, you know, negative-wise, which is just a bit worrying. Mm. Um, so I just, you know, I did feel like I needed to talk about those in my in my songs, reassure myself that actually, you know, humanity is, is an all right, we're an all right bunch of people. <laughs> and, you know, we do care about each other. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a very important message. <laughs> and in terms of, turning those sorts of trains of thoughts into um a track would it be you would sit down and think i'm going to write some lyrics about this and set about it or it would sort of come to you yeah it's always they come they just so when i most of the time it does vary because obviously it's nice to do things differently not stick to one formula um 
but most of the time I will uh, be just creating a melody and then randomly insert lyrics, you know, in a very improvised, a very sort of a, you know, what's that word game where you just have to, you just have to like say the first word that comes out of your head, that sort of thing. Oh, I can't remember the name. I don't, it probably doesn't have a name, but word association, that (laughs) sort of thing. Um, Yeah, so I, I guess I do it more like that, just sort of see what splurges out and then... And then after a while, because obviously what you're saying, what you're talking about is what's on your mind. You just don't realise. And then you start to sort of build it into um, a verse or a chorus and, and create a bit more poetry out of it. Mm. Yeah, that's, it's funny you say poetry because I found like a lot of the lyrics are very like poetic. It's so nice to listen to. Mm. And I was going to say, you, in terms of other singers I listen to, you really enunciate your like words and mm. your your vocals I didn't know if that was is that like a conscious <laughs> thing you do that that's just the way you um, sing I really it makes it so easy to follow and listen to and, and engaging I think that's my mum coming across <laughs> oh, really? yeah a lot of uh I think a lot of the time one of her main she was brilliant when I was showing her the album she was really like a brilliant mentor to have actually I mean um but one of the things was just like I can't hear the lyrics. What are you saying? What is that? What are you saying? Oh, really? So, um, so yeah, when I'm, when I'm recording it and when I'm singing, I think it's just so drilled into me that I do want people to hear the lyrics that yeah. I do, I do try and make each word like, but also it's, it's not just that it's the fact that each word has a meaning. It has a flow. It has a rhythm to it. Um, so it's just incorporated anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess it's my mum being. She'll be like, pleased to hear yeah. this then. <laughs> <laughs> Make it clearer. <laughs> yeah. And did you hit any um, major like roadblocks at all along the sort of? You said oh, it was three years. Yeah, I mean, like I think that's probably why it took three years because obviously, I think you know I was coming in and out of it. I didn't have the discipline um, of uh, sort of really sitting down to write and just continuing until like a song was complete. I, I actually would come and go from a song over a month until you know I sort of might have the rough of it and then send it over to Tom and then he'd send it back so you know these things were taking such a long time and I think that's probably how it will always be for me I think that's just how I write <laughs> um so you didn't have a like deadline oh we had multiple deadlines oh, you we just kept going <laughs> over them <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah um but yeah so there were moments where I was just like I cannot do this or there were bits where I was just come out of all these lyrics that just seem really random and you know don't make any sense don't have any meaning um but you know you get there I think that it's impossible to do it without having like hiccups or mm. breaks and know. did you have a um like how did you know that how did you know when it was finished um I think we just had enough <laughs> <laughs> One more track, you just like, no, I'm done. Um, no, I think we sort of like, we had a body of music and we were like, okay, you know, what what do we what do we think of this? Is it good? Do we want to take anything else out? Do you want to create more? Like, how, how does this feel? And it felt good, you know, it felt right. There were a few songs that, you know, we decided not to put, put in, songs that had been working on for ages, going round and round in circles that were just not, they were just not making themselves um, work. Or I don't know if that's fair to blame on the song. <laughs> like, it's the song's, it's the song's fault. fault yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then eventually it's like, oh no, this is good. We've got we've got the number of songs that 
that feels good for an album. I think originally I'd sort of wanted to have less songs, um, but then the record label were like, no, actually it'd be great if it could be, you know, this amount of time. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we just sort of got to that point and was like, okay, we're done. Yes, yeah, so thir- <laughs> 13 tracks, is it? Yeah. yeah 13, I mean, like, one of them's very short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, so nice when you see an album and it's like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, it's a proper album. It's like yeah. a full, it's a nice long album. Yeah. I think it's such a treat um, these days. You yeah. do see albums, I don't know, you see them sort of creeping Yeah, you do get and, like this sort of like eight song yeah. long, which sort of like just coming to an album or is it still an EP, you know? <laughs> yeah, I always want over 10. <laughs> over 10 for me. Is... Well, good, we made it over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you mentioned your label. Um, yeah. When did True Thoughts come into the sort of, so they Picture, were there right at the beginning um, because Tom Lear was with True Thoughts and oh, okay. they basically were like, okay, well, we like you, we like what you're doing. Would you be interested in um, making an album? Would you be interested in joining us, joining the family? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess that was one of those points where I was like, hmm, okay, so this is a path I could take. Yeah, I was going to say, was it like a real crossroads? Did you have to think about it? Um, it was, it's a difficult thing. Cause like you say, oh yeah, I thought about it, but then it was also like, but also who says no? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was just, it was one of those, it was more of an opportunity that would have felt very silly to, to not follow through with because you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, and also, especially since it's something that I really enjoy. Um, yeah, it just felt like the right choice to make. Um, and so they've been there supporting the whole way through, which has been really great because they've they've really not tried to influence the music that Tom and I were creating, um, like a few sort of hints of like, oh, well, you know, what do you think about going in this direction? But very much led by Tom and I. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, I've heard nothing but uh, good things about <laughs> those guys. So it's nice to hear more. And in terms of your live stuff because you've got um obviously we've already talked about your um ronnie scott show and then you said you've got nt's yeah coming up um, which i love that venue it's lovely we've already done a show there and that's why we're going back because it's just such a nice venue it's like a cozy uh, it's like being in someone's like living room it's so cozy it's It's like green plants everywhere yeah um yeah how does to the balcony (laughs) yeah the balcony is great i felt like i was on holiday last time i was there um yeah, I was just going to ask how your music translates to your live yeah, well, setup in terms of like your vocals and things mm, like that. So um, I have two backing singers who are also... Um, so the percussionist conga player, um, Vanessa Rani, she does backing vocals and so does Ali Lloyd, who plays the bass. Um, she also does backing vocals. And then uh, I've got Dwayne Kilvington, who plays the keys. And uh, when... When it calls for it, when it's like a nice, strong gig that's coming up, we get um, Matt Davis to come in on the drums. Oh, nice. Um, And, yeah, I was a bit worried, to be honest, about the translation because um, we sort of touched on it before, this idea of, like, hearing live instruments. And um, that's something that I really felt strongly about performing. I didn't want to perform um, with an... Uh, SPD pad, you know, buttons, and or, or I didn't want that to be like one of the main uh, ways of creating the sound from the album. Um, and I, I wanted live music, live instruments, 
but obviously the way that we've written the album there's you know saxophone trumpet um and there's a lot of electronic synth sounds that do come in mm-hmm. um which really you know they really work and they they do lend themselves to to give like the body of the song in some sense you know so i was worried that taking those bits out might completely alter what people were hearing and and might um take it too far away from the album but the more i've been you know so i started to play i started to sort of okay let's let's see what happens what happens if i have congas you know what mm. happens if we just keep it to this minimal setup where there is a lot of space um because that's something that i've uh you know within the way i write there is always space yeah i, lo- um, I love that i really really like that um and so that's what i want to come across in the in the performance too but it feels like actually a lot of the feedback I've had and a lot of my own interpretation of it is that actually you do get the essence of the song because it does come through through the vocals, through the harmony, through the lyrics. Um, and that's and that's what sort of it's all built around. So I don't really feel like um, there's anything lost. There's a difference. There's a different arrangement, but it's it's still very much the essence of the album. So mm. I'm quite relieved by that. <laughs> I think it's always good anyway when there is... You never want to go to a show and it just sounds like they sort of they could have just like plugged in the yeah exactly cable and played the, like the album through yeah you to sound sort of different. I wanted there to be space for improvisation. I wanted there to be space for us to sort of take the song somewhere else, you know, just to see what might happen. Um, that was something that I really enjoyed about performing with Worker. Um, he had his setup changed quite a lot, but for a while it was um, me on vocals um, and then also Fergus McCready on keys and Graham Costello on kit. And then obviously Tom Lear doing his thing with all the other, (laughs) all the other things in front of him. Um, But there was always room for improvisation and they just like really moved, they really moved the songs out and away from the EPs and albums and, and sort of, created them within that performance and they only happened once and only happened then and there and I loved that um and that's something I wanted to make sure happened within the set that mm. I do with my album and with the band so do you think lives do you plan on live shows being um like a big part of your sort of career going forward now you've like you've released yeah. the album are you planning on Absolutely. playing as many shows as possible or yeah, I, I I love performing. I think that's the thing that I get the most joy out of. Um, the performance is uh, it's just it's just lovely to be able to sing live. Really, um, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of touring, so I don't know if those two things are going to okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> conflict at some point. Well, you just don't have to call it a tour. Do <laughs> no, you? You just, just like, make sure you know, there's a nice gap in between. Absolutely. Because I saw um who was it um oh it was I saw Oscar Jerome's tour dates the mm. other day and it was just crazy yeah just like gig after gig after gig in like so many different places and i was just like wow that must be must take its toll absolutely i saw neo like a couple of months back it's like every single day there was a gig which is amazing but and you know maybe one day i'll do it that would be very cool i would not turn down the opportunity but i can just oh you got to you got to really look after yourself, mm. don't you? And yeah, do you have your vocals mind, in mind body, as well? Yeah, yeah, you know, everything about it. You've got to be very um, on point with making sure that you're in top health. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to make it through. Yeah, for sure. So what's um, 
what is next for you after the the album? Are you are you working on more music? Do you... Yeah, more music definitely. I want to like I've been saying definitely start writing um, and also thinking about who I want to write with. Um, one thing I really want to make sure I'm doing is is uh, taking a lot more on board uh, of the production side of it. Um, just because I've got a bit more of an understanding of it now. And then, yeah, I guess just more gigs, more writing, more gigs, more writing, more gigs, mm-hmm. more learning, <laughs> more <Yeah>. practice. <laughs> nice. Right, well, I'm conscious of time. And we did have some <laughs> questions coming on social media. Ah. And they're quite good ones, actually. Okay. So. Oh, no. <laughs> no, nothing to, uh, it's not going to put you on the spot. Um, so, I had to make sure I didn't ask these Okay. Okay. So, what's your favourite song from the album, and why? Um. Oh, I think. Um, oh, you know what? It keeps changing. My favourite song is "Sweet Sweet," just because of who it's about, and you know what it means to me. It's about my nephew, and he was very young at the like. He's still very young, but <laughs> he was only. He wasn't quite one when I wrote it. And um, I don't know. So when I sing it, I can just see him running around. And it's That's just, so nice. Yeah. And also, I really love the... It's quite an unusual structure, you know, the song. it's uh, It doesn't really have a chorus, I guess, or the verse is the chorus. Um, and so I, I quite like the fact that it's quite unusual in its construction. Um, and it's just really fun to sing live. Uh, also, it's in five, which makes it cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess that is my favourite song. Um, but, you know, I also really like For the Bear. Yeah. Um, just simply because, weirdly, that, that recording is the first vocal. It's the first vocal that I ever did of it. <laughs> um, and not thinking that it was going to be used. It was just like the demo. Um and then it just we just stuck with it. it was like, oh, that's cool because is... you said you re- revisit your vocals all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, so it's exactly. Just one take wonder. Yeah, I mean, like we did, we did do lots of takes of it, but then eventually decided that that was the one we wanted to use for it. That's cool. Um, just because it had that, it had that easy flow to it. That um, I don't know it was just there because of the fact that I was just seeing what would happen with this song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um... Do you have any advice for someone who has just started singing and writing? Oh, that's interesting because I remember asking somebody for some advice as well. And like what they said... It must have was, been quite good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like they just said, keep writing. Don't get too caught up with all the Instagram and all the social stuff and, you know, make sure you write songs and write lots of them. And I totally agree with that. But I also am now now coming out of the side of like now the album is released. Um, I actually think networking is really important um, and promoting yourself is really important, you know, more than you really want to say, um, because it doesn't come naturally naturally to me at all. Mm. Like I I do struggle with it. Um, So I think, you know, if you have that music and, and you're really keen on it and you feel like it's ready to share yeah make sure you're you're showing the right people um and and knowing like 
I don't know, this pushing the buttons that they all want you to, you know, jumping through the hoops, I say, I guess, you know, like, yes, have that control and make sure you understand the control that you need in terms of copyright and all that stuff, especially if you're doing it, um, you know, if you're trying to self-release or something like that. But get the Instagram. It's really useful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if that is useful advice. I hope that, you know, they probably do have the Instagram. They probably do push it but i do think it's very important yeah so you mean you mean networking in uh sort of an online sense um, or you think i think both, both yeah absolutely both i think instagram makes it easy so facebook yes, makes it easy, easy. Yeah. um but also like it is about the people you meet and face to face and making those friends um that you sort of just meet by chance you know actually like you know, making sure you stay in contact with them without being like really annoying and pushy. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be that person. <laughs> so you've got quite a healthy relationship with social media. By the um, sounds, I think I do. Yeah. yeah. But that's probably because I, you know, before this, I didn't really bother with it that much. Um, so it that's really a good starting point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I really only use it to promote music. I mean, and I guess I occasionally put a few things on about myself. Um, but yeah, so... So you're not there like browsing, scrolling away? Well, I'm getting like... close to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting close to it. But uh, I am able to put it down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's that's more than most. <laughs> um, what inspires you to write the most? Um, so I... It's like a sort of ebbing and flowing for me when it comes to writing a song. I sort of take time to get to that point where I actually sit down and and do it. I sort of have to almost psych myself up. So um, it's a bit of a weird... uh, I guess there's almost a bit of an anxiety to it, but then also this need that actually it does need to happen. Um, So that by the point I'm sat down, I'm just like, it's almost like a... (sighs) Okay, I'm at the piano and I'm ready, you know. Um, but also it comes in all sorts of different forms. Uh, when I was in Edinburgh, a lot of my writing happened, you know, I was at my flat, sat, we had, I had this lovely big window that I could just sit and stare out of and I would sit there and sort of try and write some poetry um, and then later come back and look at all the poems I'd written and sort of be like pull things out of that, you know. So... Yeah, it's a hard question to answer, but I think I sort of, it's like a build, it builds up until eventually I'm like, okay, let's do it, quick, quick, yeah. let's do it, okay. <laughs> and does it depend on like where you are? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, one thing is really important for me is the environment. If I'm in a messy room, I can't do it, mm. really can't. I, I, I used to think it was procrastination that I would like clean the flat or the house or like you know tidier than clean and then just get really into it and they're like oh no I've ran out of time because I spent all the time tidying or cleaning and now I can't write oh dear but actually I've come to realize no no it's not procrastination I just have to get that space clear so that when I am writing I'm just like ah okay there's nothing distracting yeah Yeah. okay cool and do you have any dream venues that you'd like to play (laughs) dream venues um well yeah i guess there's probably quite a lot uh you know there's some definite dream festivals love to play glastonbury (laughs) wouldn't everybody um and i'd like to play coco Mm. uh i just think 
you know, the way it tears up and you can just stand right at the top and be like, so above it, you know, I'd yeah, love yeah. to be on that stage and be like, wow. Obviously, that's if it was full. <laughs> if it's not full, then I guess it's not so fun. Uh-huh. But also, I think my favorite venues that I've experienced have been the really intimate ones, you know, the ones that um, where the audience can get up close and you can really like feel the um, connection. That mm. sounds really lame, but but. You know, that that's when it's really strong. And a lot of the times in these big venues when you're on stage and there's like three meters between you and the audience, it's quite difficult to like, I don't know, to feel their their uh, energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I bet there's some beautiful, tiny little venues that you could just cram yourself into and just, yeah, have an amazing time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Some of my favorite venues have been at like, um, like servant jazz quarters and stuff where it's mm. like hundred or so people and yeah you're literally just they're right there in front of you and it's so intimate mm. um oh, i'd love to see you at coco my mind was just wandering <laughs> there <to> like, <laughs> um and then yeah lastly who would you like to hear on this podcast or on any podcast i guess oh in terms wow of artists um okay so I guess I mention this artist quite a lot whenever I'm doing an interview, but that's just because I'm really crushing on her at the minute. It's um, Charlotte Dos Santos. Oh, yeah. Um, I just really love her voice. I can't get over how... And and I think it's more from hearing her live than um, hearing her releases. It's just hearing her live was just... I was like, she she knows what she's doing. Um, And I'd love to hear her talk about how she uses her voice. Mm, Yeah, yeah, she's great. Mm. Just to lead on from that, yeah. Because you're saying she is sort of, you'd like to hear her talk about how she uses her voice. What are the other, other artists who have sort of inspired you in terms of the way they use yeah. their voice? Um, this probably sounds very obvious, but Bobby McFerrin, um, you know, like he was an early influence. Um, those Circle songs, his album Circle songs, um, really uh, just really touched me in all the ways that he uses his voice and manipulates it and... and you know, I've I spent a lot of time trying to like figure out what's he doing, and um, yeah, so he's definitely one of those people who encouraged me to explore all the different things I can do, and I'm only just starting on that journey. <laughs> um, but then also, you know, I guess thinking about Diane Reeves, love her voice. Mm. That that's from a, a while back, you know. <laughs> um, love what she does with it. Uh, it's so it's just such rich percussive sound um and then also zara mcfarlane mm. i also mentioned yeah. her quite a bit <laughs> um yeah she just has a tone that's just really quite beautiful yeah 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 there's there's a real wealth of people that i like you know napalm as well mm. love her yeah there's something that she does which is very you know just the way she moves around and it's quite instinct uh distinctive to her yeah yeah have you heard of um I'm not even sure if I'll be saying this right, but Abby, Abby Morrow or Abby Morrow, she's just released a couple of tracks and one of them, um, you should check her out if you haven't, one of them is yeah. just completely a cappella. Oh, okay. Um, no, yeah. I've not heard, I mean, like, I don't think Abby so. Abby Morrow, Abby Morrow or something, yeah. Um, I can't remember what the, I think it's called Buried, that's it, it's called Buried. Okay, yeah. And it's fully a cappella, um, so um, you should check it out. Madison McFerrin, um... Bobby McFerrin's daughter, she released uh, a bunch of songs 
I think it was an album, it might have been an EP, um, that were all a cappella, mm. which is really, they're yeah, I love very it. beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so cool just to strip everything back to literally just the voice is Absolutely, just amazing. yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll end on that <laughs> lovely sentiment. Um, yeah, to anyone who's listening, please go check out Bryony's album. And yeah, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Cheers.